Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Hi, Rachel. Hi. So, you know, I always want to say hi, Rachel Berry, but that's not really who you are. It's my middle name. Oh, well, that makes sense. So before we go much further about that, um, this is the Pointing It Out podcast. And for those people who are watching, they have found us on here on YouTube. Um, My friend Melissa McLeod and I from the Wool and the Floss, which is outside of Gross Point, excuse me, outside of Detroit in Gross Point, Michigan. Um, And I am here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. Together, Melissa and I kind of created this thing that we call the Pointing It Out podcast. We talk to um, all kinds of different people in the needlepoint industry, and we've been doing it for a couple of years now. And um, I am lucky enough to have my pal, as I said, Rachel Rosenthal. Am I right about that? Yes, that's correct. And now I've learned that it's actually Rachel Barry Rosenthal. (laughs) Full name. (laughs) Your full name. That's fine. Good for you. Um, And so Rachel um, is the, I guess, should I say lead designer and owner, um, lead girl in charge, uh, all the things for Rachel Barry Designs. And Rachel, how long has Rachel Barry designs been sort of out in the world? Um, so I started my business in July of 2020. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Perfect timing. So about perfect COVID timing. Oh yeah. So it actually wasn't supposed to be a business. It was supposed to be like a little extra money on the side to go shopping, go out for dinners. Um, I started my business two weeks before I got laid off. Oh no, I didn't know that. And obviously once that happened and I was like, well, what am I going to do with my days? Couldn't travel. Like you can't see anybody. You can't do anything. I kind of put all of my energy and resources behind Rachel Berry designs and I've never looked back. Nice. So let's, let's speaking of looking back, I'm going to take you back first. Okay. So, um, first of all, you mentioned that you, um, were, did you just say laid off? I think that's what you said, right. From a job. So, uh, sorry, my volume. So I decided by the way, for anybody who's watching to sit right in the middle of my store, because you know, why not? There's really no place private for me to sit while I'm here. So, um, so we're recording right here in the middle of my store. So I just wanted to make sure I heard you correctly, but anyway, so you said you were laid off from a job. What was the job that you were doing? Oh, okay. Um, I was in tech sales. Which okay. Is like the farthest you can get from anything artistic, um, huh. with the exception that I was working at a company called Shutterstock, and oh, okay. I was selling licenses to imagery to like to mid market and small business. Got you. Got so, you. Like, okay. That kind of stuff. So you know, artistic content, but no day to day creativity. Artistic creativity. And so um, we're going to dial it back a little further. So okay. did you go to school to become a uh, 
tech sales lady? Tech sales person. <laughs> what kind so of a is that? Is that, right? Yeah, I did not. I went to school in New York at Parsons for fine oh. arts. So painting, drawing, sculpture, installation, like full opposite direction from tech sales, very art world artist, gallery focused um, education. But I left art school quite burnt out. Um, Parsons is a very conceptual school. So I felt after school, like the why, like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Wasn't valid and wasn't backed up. I didn't feel inspired or that my inspiration was enough to hold up my creations. So that took me out of the making game for about two or three years. Um, I was just putting way too much pressure on myself, like to create anything. It had to have too much context. Sure. And while art school was very, I loved the journey. I found it very challenging and inspirational and like a visual self psychology exam kind of. So you very um, inward and interesting, but it left me burnt out. I didn't pick up a paintbrush again for probably three years after school. And so I kind of went polar opposite into the corporate world. So I don't know a ton about um, the particular degree that you mentioned that you got, but so did you specialize in a medium or like, were you a painter or did you sort you of, do, yeah, okay. you can do anything like okay. fine art encompasses a lot. People sometimes only worked in like um, digital media. My mediums were pencil, watercolor, installation, and ink. So I kind of looped those all together and obviously textiles as well. So I would use laser cutting. I would use kind of a multitude of embroidery techniques. I would kind of scrap those all together, photograph them, draw them, a lot of random stuff, but um, watercolor and pencil are my favorite. Interesting, but also 3D kind of. um, Yes, 3D as well. Thinking, I guess is what I was trying to get at. So as far as like needlepoint, like, conceptualizing something that then has to be on a flat surface is something that you exactly yes okay so um I'm going to back up a little bit more first of all where where are you sitting I think you're sitting somewhere in Canada but I want I I am okay confirm that for me whereabouts okay so I grew up in Toronto that's where I am now I'm at my parents house it's a lot prettier than my little apartment Um, (laughs) okay it also acts as my storage unit uh they have more square footage and I use the basement for storage. So you grew up in Toronto. That's where you currently are. And then your apartment is nearby somewhere. Yes, it's nearby. And then um, I lived in Montreal for two years, New York for four, and then I moved back to Toronto. Um, The visa process can be challenging. And I just decided that, you know, it's nice to kind of be home. So I came home in 2018. Gotcha. And so, um, So I think I know the answer to this and I'm going to try to bring it all back around to where we were at the beginning, which was Rachel Berry designs. But so you're at your parents' house. You, I know that your mother does some stitching for you, some of your samples, and I hope I'm not like outing you or her, Um, but you know what? We all know that it takes a village, particularly in such a, a craft that is, you know, not sprint crafting. And so I know your mom has helped you. So did your mom teach you to stitch? The opposite. I taught her in December. So she only learned to stitch. What? what what month is it? October? Less than a year ago. She's been stitching for like 10 months. And oh she's eating and she's hold on. I have one of these the canvases. This was like her third canvas. 
like crisscross Hungarian with beads. This one is, oh, I mean, it's a beautiful canvas, but gosh. like she picked it up fast. That's a lot of thinking. Yeah, that's some brain work there. So, well then, so that begs the question, how did you get into needlepoint and who taught you? My grandmother taught me right before I moved to New York. Um, she took me to Cindy's Needle Art in Richmond Hill, which is kind of outside of Toronto, a little bit north, and bought me my first canvas. It took me, I think, three years to finish. I just picked it up and put it down. Like living in New York, there wasn't a lot of time. Um, or just like it wasn't really on my radar so much. Yep. Um, and then the last year in New York, I kind of got back into it. I was needlepointing for school, like household objects and just on textiles. So more cross stitch. Uh-huh. Um, and I went to Rita's and I bought a piece of blank canvas and I never did anything with it until fast forward July, 2020, when I couldn't go to my needlepoint shop, it was closed. And I was like, well, I have this, I should probably paint something on it. Like I'm stitching through my projects on conference calls. And that's where it began. So did you know, uh, enough to know, I guess, and I'm not, you know, did you know that it was acrylic paint that had been applied to the canvas? Or did you just think I'm going to put some markings on this canvas and do my own thing? Or like, how much did you know about it then? I didn't know anything about it. Okay. I had, like, I obviously from art school had foundational understanding of different mediums and how they're applied and what you can and can't do. So obviously oil paint was out of the question. Sure. Requires too much control. Um, and would water down the canvas. So it was kind of obviously acrylic, although I am going to try my hand at gouache on the canvas. Say it again, wash? Gouache, G-O-U-A-C-H-E. It is kind of a hybrid between watercolor paint and acrylic paint. Interesting. It's like an illustrator's medium. So okay. you use it, um, it's opaque. So where as watercolor, when you water it down, it gets transparent, it stays opaque. It's very pigmented. Um, I don't know. I just think it'd be cool to try something different on canvas. Sure. Of course. Of course. Um, so you had this piece of canvas and you were bored and you had nothing to do. And so you said, I'm going to put something on this canvas. Yeah. Was it something you just did for yourself or was it one of your original designs? It was actually a canvas I did for my boyfriend, I painted him a Cornell hockey jersey with his number on it because oh, he was cool there and played there. So I was like, oh, I'll just make him an ornament. Yeah. Um, still haven't finished stitching it. <laughs> it's, all right. it's in the pile. Um, but that was the first canvas I painted. I think I painted an, Ad an Adirondack chair first, but it did not turn out very well. So I took that learning curve and applied it to the second canvas. Um, so those are the first two canvases that I painted. And I posted them on my Instagram, like my personal Instagram, and I had like four or five messages from people being like, my mom needlepoints, my grandma needlepoints, I want to get into it, you should sell these. And I'm thinking like, what? Why would I do that? This is for fun. I have a full-time job. I'm making money. I can pay the bills, all those things. Correct. Um, and I was living at home too at that time. Like I had small bills. There was no rent. So right. Um, moved out shortly after and then there, there was rent now there is but um I kind of decided like a few weeks after that that I was going to start an Etsy okay see where it took me 
So then you um, obviously had to figure out a way to get Canvas, and you did. And then you had to figure out a way to like have more than just your two designs. And so talk through me through that process. Like, are you a, are you an illustrator? Do you have a, like a, a binder where you take notes? Like what's your, what's, how's, how is your, what's your creative process? Is that organized? <laughs> um, so it's kind of interesting. I did a lot, little bit of research. Like once I decided that I was going to kind of dip my toes into the needlepoint designing world, Yep. I did a lot of research. I reached out to a few designers who were very kind um, and helpful with resources. The challenge was some of those resources weren't Canada friendly. So for example, oh. buying wholesale canvas, like I'm not shipping 40 pounds of canvas over the border. Oh. Um, so I had to find Canadian distributors, which was actually kind of funny because I had to call Zweigart in Germany and say, we're like, who wholesales for you in Canada? Um, so I had my friend who's from Berlin call and speak with them in German over the phone to help me find a distributor in Canada. Where oh, how canvas. interesting. Oh so my god, It was a little bit of a journey. So I hadn't thought about that. Like the, as far as like who can ship where and the, and the, um, uh, you just said it, I think like the taxes or the, the, the um, I can't think of the word I'm looking it can be for. Taxes and duties. There were duties. That's here. what I was looking for. So, okay. So you have now established sort of your business in Canada and um, are there any, so I think the artist from Pippin is from Canada is Canadian. I should say, I can't think of her name, but I don't know if there are any other designers in Canada. Do I, am I, I mean, Melissa actually would probably know because she lives close. Melissa to would know. So Randy. Oh, oh, it's so much fun. But so much fun. They're the cutest canvases. I'm yeah. just like, I want them all. Yes, and so yes, yes, yes. I decided like the second that there's a baby on the horizon, which won't be for a while. <laughs> first canvas I'm buying is one of those cute little stuffies. Yep. Um, yep. And there's a girl in like the Niagara region who's selling on Etsy. I think it's the quotable needle. Interesting. Um, huh. And then I know that Brooke from Thorn is based She's living in, in Canada. British Columbia. Correct. Okay. But so you were sort of on an island trying to figure out your Canadian resources. Is I guess what I was trying to. I was to on a bit of an island. Yes. So yes. So you got that all figured out. You got your canvas and then what? Um, you started your spent a couple of weeks putting together like concepts for collections. And at that point I was living at the lake, like at our lake house. Um, so I kind of started with like a Canadiana collection. So that Adirondack chair, the Bloody Mary. Okay. Um, Is the Bloody Mary a Canadian thing? It's called a Caesar up here, but oh. Americans don't know that. And all my customers are American. So I call it a Bloody Mary, but up here it's a Caesar. Caesar, like Caesar, like. Like, like similar to salad, but not. <laughs> it's um, it's uh, made with clamato juice instead of tomato juice. Okay, okay, okay. I like this. This is and delicious on the Bloody Mary. So then, do you? I think up north, uh, in like in um, like I think when I've been in Milwaukee, when you get a Bloody Mary, you get a you get a chaser. I think I think they call it or a trick. Uh, trailer there's something it's like a small thing of beer that you drink after your bloody okay no not that no okay it's close that's interesting but it's not that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway no, these are like our spite they're similar to bloody mary except with clamato juice 
which I don't even think you can buy in the States. I think you can buy. I've heard of it, but it's not my jam. So I, I will have to get back to you on that. Okay. That out. We'll check that out when you're, when you're here sometime. Um, okay. So you started doing some Canadian inspired things. So like the Adirondack, the Bloody Mary. Um, and then I remember also like the, um, the, um, oh my gosh, what's the sculpture called? The colossal head of a youth sculpture. Yes. Is that so what you're that, yes, I am. And that's one of your designs. Am I that's right? One of my designs. That obviously came from your education and art history, et cetera. Yes. Um, but I'm, what are some of those other early designs that, and, and was there one that kind of just like took off? Yes. Okay. So I generally pull my inspiration from the world of art fashion and interiors, because like as a stitcher myself, I love so many people's canvases, but I keep my stash relatively small because I don't buy anything or make anything that I would immediately be like, Oh my God, I need that. Okay. Um, or I can't visualize either worn by me in my house or like on my tree. Gotcha. So I kind of limit myself within the context of would I actually wear this? Would I actually display this in my home? Um, so with that being said, I was thinking about gallery walls and like fashion illustration. So okay. that's where kind of some of the shoes came in. Um, so, like a plaid shirt living up at the cottage and stuff. Yep. Yep. But the art came in from what do I want? Like on, oh my gosh, it's my dentist. Is that Fine. me? Sorry. No, it's my, it's um like what do I want hanging on my wall I have so many cute little ornaments and this could be an ornament too but how else would I want needlepoint displayed in my home and what context would that be um and trying to think of it from a perspective of a gallery or museum gotcha um and obviously the Met is the Met right um, right and that is one of my favorite pieces in the Met. It's right in front of one of the galleries, the gallery on like the south side of the museum. So when you turn and you're facing in, um, the sculpture, it kind of, the face is cut off and then there's an arc on top. And if you're standing in one spot, the arc kind of completes the head. Oh, how interesting. Okay. And it's just a very like kismet moment of art and architecture meeting. Yeah. It's like, I want to put that on canvas. That is very cool. I like that story a lot. So that was, that's what I think of. I think of that. And then I think of that bow, which I think is like so genius the way it's painted. And if anybody doesn't know, it's, it's like your childhood here on the canvas. Show it, show it. It's, I don't know. Oh, I don't have one here. Well, like, you said I do have it. Like, I don't have one. I've got one on my wall straight back there. But um, what she's done has take, is taken the basic old mylar, I think is what it is, bow, the sticky on one where you take the little thing off and pop it, which my mother being like kind of Martha Stewarty would never allow us to have those sticky on ones. We always had like the actual tied bow. So oh, yeah. Yay, yay, mom. But not every family did that. You know, a lot of people have the good old fashioned stick on bow. But what I think is cool about it is it's a big, I mean, frankly, it's a basic old mylar stick on bow. And Rachel's ability to kind of um, texturalize it and dimensionalize it is like perfection. Um, and so it's one of my, it's one of my early favorites of yours is the, and, and honestly, I, I want to stitch it, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. But um, so that was an early, and you did that in a few different colors. If I recall, that was one of your early, early. That was one of my earlier canvases. I think that was December 2020. 
so it was right around the holidays. Right around the holidays. Um, I think that one of my skill sets is being able to capture or like render things semi-realistically. A lot less pressure is on, on it when you're working on Canvas because you don't have the ability to capture that much detail. Um, so I always think it's really fun and challenging to try and capture different textures on canvas. Well, I think you do a great job. Your hot toddy, I think has a lot of that dimensionality to it and the colors. And, you know, I think that's an interesting uh, point that you make because it, to me, it seems like it would be crazy. You're like, oh, it's way easier if it's, and I'm like, oh, really? But I think um, having someone capture that in the art on the canvas makes it well, first of all, way more detailed. And so sometimes a little more expensive to recreate, but it makes it way easier for the stitcher because you literally don't have to think. Either you stitch exactly what the painter has painted in all of those different colors, or you use like an over dye and do kind of an open thread. And it really allows that, that kind of art to shine through. So I'm thinking about that also on your disco ball, which I think that may have also been one of the things that I was like, what brilliant, I needed to, I mean, it's the ability that I, I think to just like see something kind of like, not mundane, because the disco ball obviously isn't mundane. They're fun. One of those things though, that you see in life a lot, you're like, oh, well, yeah, there's a disco ball. I know what that is. But then to see it on canvas, it was like, this is so fun. It was so fun. So I love that. Um, thank you. It's really, I don't know, it's fun to work with lots of colors. Um, I don't really put many rules on myself when I'm designing, which sometimes means that like, creativity flows and I come up with a ton of designs, but it also means sometimes I don't design for three months and then I'm scrambling and it's a bit of an issue, but I tend not to put rules or pressure on myself when I'm doing it because I think that takes the fun out of it. And yeah. I definitely want fun stuff. 100%. And, you know, I feel like the cycle that we're in with Needlepoint, and I'm bringing this up on purpose, um, which is to have two um, shows a year. So two kind of our, our, our cycle has now become that we have a show in the fall, which is this weekend, yeah. and that this is airing, and then to have one in spring. And I think that that's very hard for an artist to have to have something new or feel the pressure to to design so far in advance to then have the product to be able to to um, show and to be able to sell at market um, because there's that part of it too. So I brought that up on purpose. Um, number one, because I do feel like there's a lot of pressure for you all who are in that creative um, space, but then also I brought it up because this will be your first um, foray into selling in person. Is, is that fair? Is that right? It is. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous and I'm very tired. Um, it has been a lot of prep work, a lot of designing, a lot of counting and organizing and spreadsheet building. Um, but I'm so excited to meet all the wonderful ladies that I've been emailing with for the past two years and hopping on the phone with and have it be a bit more of a conversation with, okay, yes, your order's ready to ship. What's your credit card? Um, so I'm really looking forward that to the next level. The first time I, I was like, can we just get on, or maybe you said, can we get on FaceTime? And I was like, sure. So we just had I a, a FaceTime makes a difference. Like it's so much more, you know, it's so much more interesting to be like, oh, have you seen this canvas and hold it up to them from a picture? So speaking of the one you just held up, that is one of my, I mean, this is one of my all time, 
I, I, it's hard for me. I don't want to be biased, but I saw this and I said, this is so clever. Um, the, and we have, uh, I think an additional 10 of these, like already spoken for, I need to pick them up from you, but it's yeah. talk to me about ready. it. Uh, it's it's a it's a clever clever canvas. Do you mind holding it up one more time? Yeah. What it is it for people who didn't get a chance to see? So it's um she calls it you call it bouquet s'il vous plaît, correct? Yes. And I don't speak French. It sounds like you must have some. It, it means please. <laughs> bouquet please, correct? <laughs> so I picked up on that. But but so do you? Did what made you think of having a, a bouquet wrapped in newspaper? And did was it your time in New York, or am I just drawing way too far of a conclusion on that? Or you just thought it would be cute? I don't think so. Maybe I honestly came up with this idea on an airplane. I it could have been to New York. I don't remember, but I remember taking out my iPad and like writing down after a trip like thirty ideas that I had. After I read them all again, I was like, this is the same, this exists. We don't need this, that'll be boring. You know, narrowing it down. Um, and from that list, I did a very quick iPad sketch and I was like, yep, that's cute. And interestingly enough, I painted one and I posted it on Instagram and it was quiet. Like you're kidding. It, there were no nibbles, like maybe a few, but not what I was expecting. I was like, this is cute and different. Um, anyhow, the second time I posted it, when the canvases came in, everyone was like, oh my God, what is this? And I'm like, oh, this is Thank great. Goodness, Cause I've already ordered these. I hope people like them. Right. Exactly. But I had ordered like 20 because no one seemed to like really grasp onto it. And I didn't want sure. to be sitting on inventory. Yeah. And so I had to very quickly message the painting service and be like, can I have 30 of these stats? I need more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were really great and turned them around mediumly quickly, which the painting services really, they don't get enough credit. Um, but they were amazing and they were able to get me some pretty quickly. So it's on. That's another thing I was going to say. I think that um, going into a market for the first time, you'll find, and I find, and I don't think people understand the amount of stress. So not only is there stress building up to it, right? Like making sure for you all that you're prepared. We have to have, we kind of have to clear the decks in the shop because I only have so much space. I only have so much money. Yeah. Um, I you know, and like building budgets and, but then you go to market and I'm sure you do too. And I don't know whether you have a lot of new things to show or not, but um you go good. So you get there and you're like, I'm ready to show this. And this is my art. And you are like putting it out there on, you know, like, hope you like these babies that I've just spent all my time and effort and money on, you know, and then I have to say, Oh gosh, should I buy these babies? Cause I like these people, but do I think it's going to sell? And how many do I think it'll sell? And are people going to like it? And it's, 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 you never know. It's no different from any other industry, really. It really isn't um, from the design, the fashion industry or the, the home decor industry, all of the things, it's all the same. I just think it feels a little more personal in our industry because it's all small, business. you know, it's, it's small designers, small shops, small, you know, all the things. So yeah. I also think that because these are little treasures, they take hours and hours of time, people have to be very invested in something to stitch it. Yes. I think that puts a little bit more pressure on because you don't, you don't want to buy something that someone's going to be like, that's not worth my time. That's not worth 10, 20, 30, a hundred hours. Right. Um, so I, you know, it's hard, but also at the same time, like 
that's why ideas get scrapped. That's why it takes a lot longer to design because out of maybe 10 designs, only one is really good enough to go to the painters. You so, also mentioned something, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, all good, go ahead. Thing that I thought was interesting and introspective and kind of smart, honestly, on, uh, for someone who has joined the industry rather recently, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, um, you said you scratched something off your list because it already existed, you know? I think that there's, um, I think it's important for young, and, and I hope I'm not being insulting because you are a, a, a very smart woman, but you are, I will say, young in the industry. You know, there are people like, you know, the Gene Smiths and the Melissa Shirley's of the world who have been in this industry for 40 years. And so I think it's important for you to think about and for everybody to think about, and I'm not trying to get on a pedestal at all, but I just wanted to compliment you for your grace, because I think it's important to say to yourself, I've seen that or, or do your homework and say, I wonder if that is out there, you know? And I think, um, I also do think that it's hard for young-ish designers to come out and have new, fresh, or refreshed ideas without, hard. you know, stepping on anyone's toes. Cause it's, again, it's all people's artwork out there, you know? It is. So I have a rule with myself and my opinion on other like canvases as well. And that is if someone would stitch both of these and they would buy both at the same time, you're good. Like would they you don't have to worry about stepping on toes. If one's an ornament and one's a pillow and maybe they're a little bit similar, but different purpose and someone would buy both you're fine I think that's if a good someone one. would pick between the two then I think it's off limits not okay that's 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 a really I like that point a lot I like that point a lot so for you being um a new, uh, again a new ish stitcher I mean and so am I frankly I only started stitching about nine ten years ago so compared to a lot of people in the world I'm a very new stitcher um but who what designs inspire you who else are you are are you do you want to say like who else yeah um inspired by I've made a lot of really wonderful friends in the industry um which has been like a really wonderful kind of aspect to the job because it's quite a solitary business, right? Like unless you engage in the community as a designer, as a shop owner, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different, but it can be solitary and I'm an extrovert and yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I've made a lot of friends in the industry and honestly, I'm inspired by all of them for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Cindy at my shop, Cindy and Randy, who run and design so much fun. Her canvases are beautiful and creative and interesting. And they've provided a lot of wisdom and advice and been supportive from the beginning. So I appreciate them so much. Um, newer friends in the industry, like Ziggy Stitches, who I know is a St. Louis gal. She is. Um, Hometowner. <laughs> her canvases are tons of fun, and I think that they're edgy and clever. Um, Lucy from Mopsy is a really close friend of mine, um, and I love her use of color. Um, Thorn and Sarah Texas of SCT have really fun and inspired designs that or just like, oh, I want that. Like every single time something comes up on my page, I'm like, oh, I want that. Yeah. Um, oh my God, everybody. Like there's something I would want or would buy if the hours permitted from everybody's line. Like I think that there's treasures everywhere. That's like the beauty of Needlepoint is that 
you can always find something. You can always walk into a store and rarely do you leave empty handed. Which might lead you to understand why it's so hard for those of us who are buyers of these shops uh, to go to market and be like, oh, how do I choose? And how, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, but so um, your line now is made up of, do you know how many designs you have now? Is it? My guess is around, cause I have SKUs that are kind of empty now, but my guess is around 140 SKUs, not including balloon letters. Oh, right. The balloon letters are so cute. And that's another piece I didn't mention is very dimensional. You've done a nice job with painting those. I forgot about those. I should have, we have a cute sample of that. I should post. Uh, it's really oh, is that the one with the little thread that I saw? On, um, on is the, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. but, so I'm sorry. So I digress because I'm really good at that. Uh, so about a hundred with the exception of the entire alphabet. So that being one. So very cool. And so do you have, would you call a favorite? I have favorites. Okay. Um, I have things that I've stitched that I kind of drop everything and I'm like, I need to stitch this right away. And okay. so for me recently, that has been the nutcrackers. Um, I just got this pillow back from the finisher and this was really fun to stitch. I want to do the, the matching one. It's the oh, canvas the and then this is the back. Ooh, look it's at that. Really like a fun metallic. I want to call this suede, but it's velvet. It's not suede. It's beautiful. Um, that's my cute little heron pillow. And so I want to stitch the pink one with like a turquoise back. Oh, fun. For cute mini pillows. I love that. Um, I wanted to do something different with one of my passport insert canvases. So okay. I made a little chow pillow. Oh, cute. It's a little hanger. Oh, that's And I, funny. you know, I, I stitched with a little texture around the edge, which yes. is really cute. And so that was fun. That's um, that'd be cute on the Pardon, sorry, ah. You're fine, no, I just said it would be cute on the back of a door. Ciao. so cute on the back <laughs> of the door. I was gonna say, like, can I hang it there? And a little buffet piece, yeah, that's cute too. Um, I stitched this, I had to unstitch it and restitch it um, this week. This is a market sneak peek, so it's perfect. Um, <gasps> This ruby oh, no. So this was a speed stitch. I had to stitch it for the photo shoot, but this was my favorite. So I like had to do it, but I was so excited to do it. So fun. So what do you call that? This is called the ruby drop. Ruby drop. Oh, okay. It's really so cute. 18 mesh. It's three by three. There's two other versions to this canvas that correspond with other colorways of this box, which is also new. Well, that's what I was going to say. So I didn't want to digress because I tend to be like brown squirrel, like my head going in a lot of directions. So um, 100 designs, you're dropping how many at market? Do you, can you say, or well, I don't know. I think like upwards of 20, upwards of 20. Wow. And um, so new, new designs. And so you'll have about a hundred total. Your favorite is you were saying kind of some of these that you pick up and stitch. Yes. But um, also as part of the Rachel Berry collection are some of these self-finishing objects. So you alluded to your passport cover, which those are wonderful. Do you have any of those sitting there in front of you or no? no. Okay. Um, I have packed suitcases. So this was the stuff that, That's okay. no stuff yet that I kept out. No um, but so you've, um, and the insert, uh, size on that. Do you the insert size on the pink velvet box is three by three. I'm calling this ballerina or ballet slippers. 
I love the velvet. I've never seen anything like that. How cute. What, can you open the inside for us? I can. So this is is the inside. So you have four separate compartments. Oh my gosh. For rings and earrings. Obviously a mirror is absolutely necessary in a jewelry box. Oh, and it has Um, a separate compartment. Yeah. And then snap-ins and a pouch for necklaces or hoop earrings because a hoop, like a bigger hoop won't fit in there. Love that. So you've got, so I was going to say, so it, you've got some leather goods. So you've got passport holders, you've got larger jewelry boxes, five by five insert, I think. Yeah. So this is the, I'm calling it the six inch box. It fits a five by five inch insert. Okay. And this has like a velvety ultra suede inside with removable dividers that fits a five by five canvas. Love that. Um, and that's a beautiful canvas. That's a hummingbird. Now, is that the hummingbird canvas that, are there two hummingbird canvases? Cause there there's, is. there's, there's passport. Yes. So this is the golden bird. It is on 13 mesh. It's five by five. And so then cool. there is a silver hummingbird on 18 mesh. That's three by four and a half. And that goes in the passport. Got you. So we've got passport covers. We've got larger, um, jewelry boxes. We've got the smaller, velvet is it just velvet or are there also leather in the three by three there's three colors of velvet and then I have two more boxes coming to market that fit a four by four insert um they're not velvet they're pebble leather and the inside is the same but they're lined in linen so a little bit different so what's nice about this is that since you have that as part of your collection, you can also control your inventory and be able to sell those as pairs to people too. So that's, that's, that was smart. Thank you. Good thinking. Um, thanks. I try. And that's kind of the hard part is if you think of a product um, and I send it off to be manufactured, the turnaround time, you know, after samples, like after all of that's kind of said and done, um, can be, I mean, with samples, including it's probably three to four months from concept to, I have inventory in my parents' basement. Um, But the lead time for painting services is not so different. So unless you think of all your concepts right at the beginning, Mm -hmm. creating inserts always seems to trail the boxes. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the hurdles I've been trying to combat lately. Well, I think you're doing a good job. So, so I, am I missing anything that's part of your collection? So I'm just recalling that there's a laptop cover. Is that? There's a laptop sleeve. It is meant for a 13 inch MacBook or an iPad fits in there as well. Like most iPads. Um, I think the pro fits. So we have passports, five inch box, like five inch insert boxes, four inch insert boxes, three inch insert boxes. Um, the passports if I didn't already say that and then one more that I'm going to keep off the podcast because okay secret secrets I like secret I wanted to show it at market um they're not ready to ship so that's the only reason why I'm keeping it a little bit under wraps I like it good for you so what is your best seller can you say like across the board as far as canvases or the leather product like what is the number one thing that keeps flying out the door that you can't keep in stock Okay, the navy passport cover. Okay. The chow canvas, which is this cutie. Oh, uh-huh. And uh-huh. the bonjour au revoir canvas. That's cute. Both do really well. Um, 
the scissor case, a hundred percent is one of my best sellers. And then I would say the mini floral insert with a pink box. Oh, cute. Okay. Yes. The pink I, leather five inch insert box. I think it has a lavender stripe across the front. I think I've threaded lavender that. Stripe across the front. There's a lot of color. color. <laughs> There's a lot of colors <laughs> trying to yeah. kit that canvas. Um, so what leftovers or DMC. Yes, you're exactly right about that. So another question I always like to ask, and I think, and I don't think I gave you a heads up on this one. So if you don't have an answer, that's okay. But so what is like the worst seller? Like, you're like, wait a second, this is a fab canvas that I created and it doesn't sell the the best. Um, there were a few, um, one of them was lived through. <laughs> one of them was the hashtag blessed canvas. It was meant to be a pun on Drake's like Toronto, the six, he had like the prayer hands okay. and I thought it was like yes. a kind of a cute pun on faith and Toronto and pop culture. No one really went for it. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's fine. I didn't order too many, so I wasn't bummed. Um, things, some stuff has been like slower to take off, but then, you know, sells. Um, one canvas that honestly is one of my favorites that moves so slowly is the Bohemian Clutch. It's a large canvas. It's the same size as like the big floral um canvas with the stripe across the front front okay. and i love that canvas i like see it as a pillow on a bed with a like an emerald velvet back and oh, i just i see it see i need to know i don't remember what that one is maybe that maybe that's my bad i can't picture that in my head. that's what i'm saying it like flies under the radar it's one of my favorites i have to stitch it next just to like get the ball rolling sure um, yeah that was a little disappointing because i love it isn't that fun um, we'll, well we will in here i'll buy something and someone will say why on earth and and it'll sit and it'll sit and then i'll think it's the best thing ever you know and then, no, it's hard. It there, and then i have to put it on sale i'm like but it was such a good idea in theory no i get it um that canvas i love i'm hoping that once i stitch and finish it it like brings a little life to it that people need to see. Um, but otherwise, you know, it is what it is. Some things sell way better than expected and some things don't. And that's just, that's right. So after this market, I think you'll probably have a whole different, well, maybe just an added opinion of the industry and like how it all works and things, which will be interesting. But in lieu of that, do you have any like ideas or plans or have you created a business plan? Have you had a chance to really kind of think ahead about what's next for Rachel Berry? Um, kind of, I need a few days off. <laughs> yes. That's so that'll be happening after market. Um, I definitely need a business plan. I'm lucky <laughs> to have business savvy people in my life who have been nagging me to do it for a long time. Um, but you know, like running your business on a day to day, it's too big for me. And my sister helps me. My mom helps me. It has fallen to the back burner, but like, I really need to, um, I get it. I haven't, I jumped in head first, just like you did. So no, no judgment here. Just, I was just curious if you had like a next big thing or, you know, more ideas. I really love to hire someone because I think it would take a lot off my plate so I could focus on 
being more thoughtful and creative in my line. Yeah. Good. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good those goal. things off my plate would be really helpful in being able to scale my business. I think that's smart. So what else have I not asked about Rachel Berry that Rachel Berry Rosenthal would like to share with us or the people that are watching or, uh... I'm not sure I do. I think we covered like a fair amount. Yeah. Um, you got it. And we have, we covered it. I feel like I, we've covered it. Um, I really hope to visit the shop one day and like hang out with you guys over there. I mean, we would love it. We would absolutely love it. We will see you for sure. Um, hopefully at market. I mean, I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll run into one another, but I think, um, I think that it's going to be fun for you to meet some people. Is there anybody that you're kind of hoping to run into at market? That you all my friends, all my internet friends, all the wonderful shops that <laughs> I've been working with. Everybody come by my room. I'm room 203. Yeah. Um, I would love to meet you. I'm hoping to have cookies if I make it to Target. So <laughs> hopefully at this point on Saturday night, I've gone through some of said cookies. Um, but come to my room. I have snacks and cute canvases. Nice. I love that. So what does it look like for you to get to Dallas? Does it look like a couple flights? Does it have you already shipped things? How's are you? I shipped stuff early last week. Didn't want to take any chances. Okay. Um, international shipping is not your friend, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. um, one flight, Toronto directly to Dallas is about three hours. So it's really not bad. Um, checking a couple hundred suitcases as well. Um, <laughs> got to get it all down there. All my samples. I'm like, I'm not putting these in us or UPS's hands. So have a suitcase of samples. A suitcase I understand. I, and I think you told me you had a couple samples. Show us your favorite one that's sitting in front of you. Besides you did show me uh, your mother's beautiful. Did I show the nutcrackers? You know, did not. Let's see the nutcrackers. And these have stitch guides, I think. Correct. Yes. Um, there are stitch guides available with each of these that I'm going to show. Um, they're pretty comprehensive, but and you're always, selling them wholesale. I'm selling the stitch guides wholesale and the canvases, obviously wholesale as well. Right. Got it. Let's see. So, so who's this guy? So he's this is Christian D cracker. <laughs> okay. So I have to ask you a quick question. Yeah. It's, it's a tiny bit personal. I didn't, ask, but I believe that you have, are you, are you, a, um, is your family not Jewish is what I'm trying to we are. We celebrate Hanukkah, but you have nutcrackers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's um, kind of. So, do you have mixed faith, mixed culture in your family, or you just have a love for? We're definitely all the way Jewish, but I feel like, which is why my line, like, I don't have the most amount of Christmas stuff because sure. I just. Well, it doesn't. My brand. Speak to you. Um, yeah. I'm seeing these more as winter. Winter nutcrackers. So, there's no Santa Claus. There's sure. no Christmas tree. You don't have Holly and all that kind of stuff, which I love. It's cute. Wish there was a place for it in my life to some extent, but um, you'll never see Santa Claus ever in Rachel Berry Designs line, but you will get cute nutcrackers. Crackers. I love that. Well, and there's also um, just as like a little PSA, you have some beautiful um, talus bags, um, um, holla covers, I think. Is that okay? I do. Uh, so in my, it didn't get done before this market, but definitely for March, there will be more Judaica. I think cool. that it's like a modern twist on what's already out there. 
is a good thing to come out of the industry yeah. right now. 100%. I love that. I love that. So okay. we have a, a large um, population of Jewish stitchers also, or stitchers who choose to stitch Judaica. And so that's why I recalled that. And so I was thinking, wait, nutcrackers? Okay. But anyway. Yeah, nutcrackers. so cute. I could not do them. Um, <laughs> this is Christian D. Cracker. He has a very cute cane coat with bow shoulders. And I mean, and that is so good. Fun boots. He has go-go boots. Okay. This is the Chinoiserie Nutcracker. I couldn't come up with a fun name for him. If anyone thinks of one, let me know. I have need that guy. I love nutcrackers and I love chinoiserie. So. Very cute. He has a bamboo chain and he's standing on like a china trunk with Greek key boots and cute little tassels. It's beaded underneath. I mean, and a pagoda hat. It's so good. So and good. This is um, Louis V. Cracker. <laughs> and he's on a trunk. He, he's got the. Oh, I, I can't, I can't say the French. He's got the checkerboard pants. It's, it's on the listing in French. Uh, uh -huh. um, LV belt with the kilo luggage tag epaulettes and some, what's the, the trillium? Is that what they call it? So good. So on good. And on his sleeves. It, that is just. Those are my three. Too cute. I'm to add three a season, like three a year to the collection. They won't all be designer, but. It's a fun place to start. Well, they're beautiful. You've done a really great job. And I think um, I, I've just, I've enjoyed working with you. I've enjoyed talking with you today. And so I hope that you are able to get some exposure to some other shops and to other, some other stitchers and um, keep up the good work, girl. You're a positive light in the industry. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. It, so. And thank you for inviting me on here to chat with you. I hope I didn't like go off on a rail too many times. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm the one that goes off the rails. <laughs> I'm the one that goes off the rails all the time. It's fine. It's fine. It's supposed to be fun, you know? Okay. So anyway, well, for those of you who are just first joining us, um, I am Megan Holmes. I'm here in St. Louis, Missouri, and I am signing off from the Pointing It Out podcast here on YouTube. Um, and we hope that you hit subscribe. And so that'll help you just to get alerts when we post new um, episodes, just like this one here with Rachel Rosenthal, who is the owner and lead designer of... Um, Rachel Berry. Is it Rachel Berry Designs? Am I saying that right? I mean, yeah, I guess that's correct. Rachel Berry Designs. So Rachel, it's been a lot of fun and um, it's, and I hope to uh, see you again soon. Yes. Thanks so much. You're so welcome. Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.